Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about tiredness and fatigue. Now, there's this adage in general practice that 20% of anything and everything is in general practice. So you go and have a talk, um, I don't know, from an ENT surgeon or a paediatrician or someone who's talking about a symptom and they go, oh, you know, 20% of everything in general practice is paediatrics or 20% of everything in general practice is mental health or, you know, and, and people, these things gloss over us and me personally I don't really do enough research on on you know whether to question those things particularly but tiredness is an interesting one because the figures vary you know from anything from five percent to twenty percent and I would say over the last 20 years of general practice clinical work that number has increased it's something I hear about a lot more. It may not be the main reason the person has sought medical help, but they mention it more. And there is a difference between tiredness and fatigue, which I'll cover. And I have to say, um, tiredness in primary care, you know, at the door of a GP, can be quite challenging. It's often something that is not dealt with very well and makes the heart of many doctors sink. And I had a colleague years ago that would just say, well, you know, I'm tired all the time as well. What do you expect? You know, life's busy. Not very sympathetic, but um, it it is something that's worth taking seriously. And I want to talk about not just tiredness and fatigue, but also just symptoms in general. And what got me thinking about this is not just the fact that I hear about it every week, week in, week out, is that on social media, on Instagram, I've noticed that Nowadays, we're bombarded with symptom-based solutions. So the problem is for the consumer that if you look at social media and someone says, are you tired all the time? It could mean that you have. And you can just fill in that blank with almost anything from ADHD to depression to anxiety to Lyme disease to high blood pressure to diabetes. And this is the problem. This is the problem. And I know we're heading into an era in our lives where everything's going to be dominated by artificial intelligence. And alongside that, there's a huge wellness industry. Um, A lot of people who don't necessarily have a medical background are entering that space. I've got nothing against that at all. I think it's, it's great for people to be aware of their condition, if you like, and improve themselves. But what is the way to approach 
tiredness um, and fatigue, what are the differences, and how serious is it, and how do you dissect a symptom. Now we've covered similar things in other episodes, I've definitely covered symptoms and many of you that have been listening and following my work for a while will know my way of cracking a symptom and that is using something called the health loop which is in my book the health fix and so the health loop consists of eight factors genetics environment diet exercise sleep stress historic infections and the last one is sunlight now that helps someone lay out their story so if you're tired and you look at all of those things, it's very likely for most people that your answer is going to fall out of there. So if you're not getting enough sleep, you're going to feel tired. If you've got a toxic environment, you've got a colleague who's a bully, or a, a, a difficult relationship at home, or a lot of stress, you know, those things can manifest as tiredness. But there are also biological things, and those are best ruled out with a blood test. I do not want people to just rush to their doctor to ask for one, but you know, first the first thing to do is definitely lay out that health loop of eight factors and see if there's anything obvious that jumps out at you. Sunlight, of course, is a euphemism for vitamin D. Now, if you've done all of that, then a good thing to do if you haven't done it in a while is to check your blood pressure. It's something that you should check fairly regularly, I think. Um, the guideline used to be every five years some people say every three years, I think actually more than that personally, every year, because that can be a cause of tiredness. What else can you do? Well, there may be other things going on. You know, for example, if you have suddenly become unfit or your weight has gone up a lot, those things could also make you tired, as can a change in any of those habits in the health loop. If your diet's changed, you know, you're suddenly just eating... Um, junk food happened to me many years ago we went to a very famous shall we say place that children want to go to with a fairy tale castle and there was just no healthy food there we this was many years ago had to just live on junk food and honestly by the end of a week I, I yeah I was fit to drop anyway so if you've exhausted all of those things and you think you know what I've, I've had a a look at this I've kept a diary definitely useful to do that and it's not related to anything I'm eating it's not related to the fact that I'm drinking too much alcohol or not exercising enough or whatever it is then it might be worth seeking the advice of a professional and a blood test can be useful now what does the blood test look for well there's an episode on blood tests um, which you can listen to on this series of the podcast but Essentially, the things that are associated with tiredness are anemia, if your haemoglobin is low, low B12, um, and low vitamin D, deficiencies in those two vitamins. An underactive thyroid, the gland that sits in your neck, that can also lead to tiredness if it's underactive, and that means that you are not getting enough thyroid hormone going into your cells. What else? Quite a few things. There are rarer conditions that also lead to tiredness. So autoimmune conditions also lead to tiredness and sometimes fatigue. Now fatigue and tiredness, what is the difference? Well, tiredness is something that all of us get from time to time. If you yawn before you go to bed, you're feeling tired. 
Fatigue is different. It's a feeling of continuous, constant exhaustion that is unrelenting. And when, just when I say those words, the, the people who are at the forefront of my mind are people with a diagnosis of ME um, or myalgic encephalomyelitis, chronic fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome, long COVID, Lyme disease. These conditions can lead to fatigue. And believe me, it's different to tiredness. Now, someone who's sort of in the middle somewhere where they're, they're definitely more than just tired, but they're not in that camp of being constantly exhausted, um, it is definitely worth screening for conditions because things like liver disease, for example, or uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease that can affect your lungs, these things can also present with tiredness. And the mechanisms for tiredness are are different you know for someone who's anemic for example their um, if the hemoglobin is low their heart's going to have to pump harder than someone who has a normal hemoglobin just to get oxygen to their tissues so that's the reason for tiredness in that case someone with lung disease is going to struggle to get enough oxygen in through their lungs and that's their mechanism for tiredness and at a cellular level tiredness or fatigue um, particularly fatigue is to do with mitochondrial function. And your mitochondria are these tiny organelles that are inside our cells that you can almost imagine them as little batteries. And what they do is they release energy via, via these really clever biochemical processes and this process of electron transport, this chain of electrons. And then the ultimate output is something called ATP, which is what our cells use for energy and by that I mean that's how our cells can perform further chemical processes so it's essential to life it's an amazing process actually um, an ATP then becomes ADP by losing a phosphate molecule and then back inside the mitochondria they the ADP picks up another phosphate molecule and becomes ATP again using that electron transport chain it all sounds a bit um, random this but it's it's the science is just mind-blowing you know this oxidative phosphorylation that goes on I, I never really appreciated it I don't think until I started clinical practice but going back to the consulting room how does that relate to the patient with tiredness or fatigue well in very simple terms, if you have used up your ATP and all of your packets of energy, um, you are going to feel very tired. So someone, for example, and, and actually thinking about mitochondrial function, and I'm not talking about rare mitochondrial diseases because that is extremely specialist and needs super clever people to, to look at metabolism in cells and the like. But, you know, if you if you're someone who's unfit, for example, and you take up exercise after many years you will find almost invariably that the first time you go for a run you come back and you sit on the sofa and you just fall asleep and that's because your cells are not conditioned and they're not used to that level of activity so your mitochondrial function isn't great usually if you're if you're in that shape it improves with practice with an improvement in your habits, you know, whether it's diet, whether it's exercise or sleep, all of these things nourish us and help mitochondrial function. And the ultimate lack of mitochondrial function is obviously death, you know, because when you die, you don't respire anymore. 
um, I mean that chemically in terms of respiration, which is the processes that go on in our cells. So I guess with all those things I've just mentioned earlier on, the ones that are fixable, so if you're anemic, then you need to find the cause of your anemia. If you're low on B12, you need replacement of B12. If you're low on vitamin D, you need a replacement of that. But all the other things that lead to fatigue, and, and there are, you know, long COVID, for example, or fibromyalgia is another condition that is associated with poor mitochondrial function in research, interestingly. And what what essentially is needed is mitochondrial support. And that lies within the health loop. You know, it's it's what you do and some tweaks around the edges. So the basics are exercise, sleep, stress reduction, relaxation technique, a whole food diet, etc, etc. But also making sure that your body is working optimally. So other things that damage our cells, toxins, for example, like air pollution, or heavy metals, or all sorts of things. Difficult to deal with. The best thing is to avoid them. Also, just eating a very antioxidant-rich diet. So antioxidants, we know, in food form, help liver detoxification. And things like green vegetables, for example, really important. And that, in turn, means that our cells don't have to work quite as hard, if you like. This all sounds a bit pseudoscientific. It's not at all. It's the same. It's exactly the same principle as if you've got a set of twins and one of them smokes fags, um, you know, cigarettes, and the other one doesn't. Who's going to feel more tired? Most likely, the guy smoking the cigarettes because it's a toxin. So it's 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 common sense. A lot of this. Is there a role for supplements? Possibly. There is some evidence that for mitochondrial support. B vitamins, things like glutathione and alpha lipoic acid can help. But actually, the original evidence on antioxidants showed that food-based antioxidants worked uh, better than supplements. Okay, so we got sidetracked there. So where were we? So looking at tiredness, fatigue, sometimes you get serious things that can lead to tiredness and fatigue. And this is what makes it so difficult to identify. I've often said in other episodes that lymphoma, for example, um, often doesn't have any symptoms until quite late on. Depends what kind of lymphoma, but that's one example of something that might present with tiredness, but you'd have normal blood tests. This is not to scaremonger, by the way, and actually lymphomas are extremely treatable, most of them these days. But over the years, you know, I've had so many relatively this is unusual cases of tiredness for example someone who was living in a flat as a student which was full of mold um as soon as he moved out of there tiredness disappeared uh carbon monoxide poisoning is another one but you tend to get other symptoms with it so it's a complex topic symptoms are complex and this is one of the reasons why I think it's useful to filter things yourself. Once you've done that, then seek help and see where you go from there. I hope that's been useful. Really dotted around, impossible to cover every single uh, angle of tiredness and fatigue, but I hope that's been helpful to you. Um, thank you very much again for all the suggestions that come in for episode ideas. Really good. Do have a look at the show notes. Often there'll be a bit more info about what I've covered in each episode. And if you haven't read it, 
Um, I'd love you to buy my book, The Health Fix. The paperback is out in January, um, which I know is a long way away, but that's often a kind of new year, new you time of year, isn't it? But if you can't wait till then, just have a look online and you'll find it on Amazon. And in the meantime, thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please leave me a rating. And in the meantime, until we meet again, do look after yourself. Take care. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.